This week on the Dragzine Podcast, Ron Rhodes joins us to talk about his program and what he did to improve it, setting a record with a small block nitrous car in X275, and a whole lot more. So, pull those belts tight. Get ready to put into the beams. The Dragzine Podcast starts now. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Dragzine Podcast. I'm your host, Senior Associate Editor Brian Wagner, and this week on the show, we get someone on I've wanted to have on for a while, Mr. Ron Rhodes. Great dude and a racer's racer. He's a blast to talk with at the track. Very approachable, so it's awesome to have on the show. So, uh, you know, without further ado, let's get this drag racing party started. All right, my guest this week on the Dragzine podcast is one of the most feared men, in my opinion, in X275 with a nitrous-powered vehicle. It's Mr. Ron Rhodes. What's going on, Ron? Hey, Brian. Pleasure to be on. Awesome. Yeah, man. You've uh, you've been one of the people that I've kind of uh, had circled to have on the show at some point for sure because you're uh you're you I've actually talked with other guests about this about you in particular that you are literally a racer's racer. You just you put the hard hat on and you do what you got to do to get the job done. Yeah, man. I tell you, I just uh, you know, I love it. I just love drag racing. Uh I always kind of like I'll make the comment that you know I feel like I race for the right reasons and some, some don't race for the right reasons I feel. And, uh, I just, I love it. Um, you know, I, I've been doing it for a very long time since I've, since I've owned this car, I've been drag racing the same car. And, uh, I just, I mean, I love going out there and racing and, and being pushed, you know, I, I love people pushing me and cause it just makes me push even harder. You know, I've always tried to explain to people that, drag racing is literally like it's an addiction that doesn't have a chemical tied to it like when you get in deep like you know i've been around it my whole life too and you are willing to do things that most sane people will not do to their credit score to their sleep schedule whatever else to get to the track (laughs) there's no question about that man well you know I think I speak for a, a vast majority of the racers. You know, when we first started doing this stuff, I, I mean, we still, I mean, we sacrifice so much to go racing. And it's just like, and then you ask on top of that, you know, like you said, just the sleepless nights, you, you're laying in bed thinking about stuff and, you know, figuring out how to make the car faster. You know, you're looking at data, just working on the car. And, you know, you just um, so absorbed with it. And then on top of that, you ask people to come help you that, that they have to sacrifice their vacation time, their personal time to come help you. And like those people there, man, people, they don't realize how important that is to a racer like myself to get people that are dedicated, you know, to your program. It, you know, it's incredible. Oh, I spent years crewing for Ray Litz and he knew I was just like a dog. He just pulls up that front of the house, the trailer jingles, a cheap brat treat bag. And I'm in the truck. I'm like, where are we going? How long are we going to be gone? Without question. <laughs> You guys are the best. <laughs> you know, it, I tell people it's it's like that that uh that scene in the town, the movie The Town, when Ben Affleck walks in and he says, "Listen, we got to go do something. We got to go hurt some real people bad." And uh, I don't need you to ask any questions. And Jeremy Renner says, "Whose car are we taking?" That's the yeah. crew guy you want right there that doesn't yeah, ask exactly. any questions. Exactly. Now you alluded to this earlier, and it's something I've kind of you know wanted to touch on in this show for sure. Is you've had that car, your your Camaro forever. There's racers that change cars, change classes all the time, but you've literally like ever since I've started following Heads Up Drag Racing, you've had this car. You know why have you not changed? What's your, what's your tie to this car? What's the story behind it, man? Well, I was 14 years old, cutting grass, you know, saving money up to buy a car, and that's the car I bought when I was 14 years old. Took me about three years, you know, cutting grass, saving money. I bought that car, got it done, drove it to high school. You know, and that, like I said, that was 84. I was 14 years old. And, uh, man, it just uh, kind of stuck with it. And, uh, you know, it's always been uh, a leaf spring car. It's always been a small block car. And it's just kind of like this is a perfect example of if you stick with the same combo – you're eventually going to get that thing figured out. <laughs> Some take a little long. It may have taken me a little longer than it should have sometimes, but nah, you know, it's just uh, it's just a part of me. It's an extension of me at this point. I would never even consider building another car. Never. Um, we've been through thick and thin, and it, it turned out to be 
I mean, a, a, a fan favorite, man. I, you know, I, not, nothing against Mustangs or anything like that, but I, I can't help but think if it was a, that motor was in a Mustang, I don't think I would have the fans and the, the uh, would get the attention that I get, you know, versus having it in a Camaro. Well, the thing that, you know, appeals to me personally with your car is that it's just, it's that right kind of clean. It sits right. It, you know, it's, it's just, you see the car pull up and it's like, all right, you know, that's, that's how you should build one of these cars. And, you know, the fact that you do it on leaf springs and everything else, you know, people, I think they tend to forget that that car still got the old buggy springs on it. It's still smashing people in the mouth on a regular basis. It's crazy, man. The best part about a leaf spring car or a four lane car is you got less adjustments. So you're less likely to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, <laughs> B- Billy Stockland calls the, the four link bars, the magic bars. And I've seen a lot of guys wander off into like, really deep woods and territory with those cars where they just they get out of whack and once you start going down that path on a four-lit car you're kind of screwed yep and it's yeah we've i've had a relationship with john calvert i mean it goes forever ago and he's you know he's been a huge help and you know it's benefited both of us tremendously and um you know so i, I have no plans on venturing away from that we've been a 101 60 foot with the car and I just plan on going faster. That's a fact. We, you know, we will see this car go nine something, sixty foot, without a doubt, and on a somewhat regular basis. You know, kind of that, that's interesting because that's you know your your chassis guy by trade, and that's one of those things that a lot of people just they, I, I think they still underestimate it so much as having a good chassis setup on any type of drag racing because it makes the car so predictable like standing track side pretty much i know that your car is going to pack the wheels out so far sit them down and go unless you get a little crazy with the cheese was you throw a little more sauce in it then it might start to go up but you can control the car you know is that just from how you've learned to tune the chassis over so many years you know what how do you approach to to build a chassis that's so predictable there's so much that goes into it. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, having a good shock. I mean, the shocks are, man, the shocks are like, God, I'd almost venture to say 80% of the whole chassis deal. And, and then it comes down to just the tune up and how you tune. There's some guys that just tune with just a drop the hammer, every tune up. I, I don't tune that way. I tune to, the, to every pass on the track, you know, each pass I look at and go, yeah, how fast can I go down this thing? without kicking the tires i hate spinning the tires i will i will ride that thing out on a wheelie i'd rather do that than spin the tires uh because you just waste the data when it spins the tires it's wasted data and your shot of winning that race is over that fast you know if you if you ride out a wheelie you you still got a chance you can pedal that thing or your wheelie control grabs it or something like that you still have a chance to win that race so i will always i always i take a lot of pride in you know, I get a lot of comments, and it's a compliment, really, that, you know, people are like, man, your car always goes down. I'm like, well, it has to. It has to go down every time. Oh, yeah. The, the data is just, that's like the, the 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 solid gold of what every, especially heads-up racer wants, because like you said, it, it tells you what your changes did, and, you know, how important is it for, you know, especially an X, being able to have that data to, to make your adjustments you need? Because I'm, I'm sure you probably tear that data to its very core to, to look at what you got to do right oh my god yeah and it's just like it seems like every year you have more and more data and that's yeah that's that's a whole nother conversation almost you know with data it's just uh it's a lot man to 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 have to you know dissect all that data then make a decision on the changes and then drive the car you know so you have so many things going on um but it, it makes it tough sometimes trying to make you know good decisions all that's right. why. That's why I, I lean on other people sometimes when it gets to that point. Oh yeah. Now, this is. It. I've never asked this question before. I want to hear what your answer is going to be. All right. You're done after you run. You get back to the pits. You pull your data out of the Holly EFI. What's the first thing you look at? What What is the? All right. What did it do? You know. Are you? You know. What are you looking at? <laughs> well, this is the, every nitrous guy's answer. You look at the pan vac. <laughs> <laughs> did it survive? It's like, ah, oh, the pan the pan vac's climbing, so we're good. We can move on from there. We know the motor's okay. So, so then yeah, I look at like the engine RPM, and then um, 
you know, G meter. And then it, it just, you kind of go from there. Right, um, back. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody says any nitrous guy says otherwise a lark. <laughs> yeah. That, I've never thought of that before. I was like, Oh, pay back. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I, I just asked because it, it's interesting to see what, what different racers are looking at. I figure it'd be, you know, G meter and stuff like that right off the bat to see kind of how it performed. Because the G meter is one of those things. It it, it kind of really tells the tale of what your run was. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, like the other thing is I'll look at the shocks, kind of see where how far it carried the front end. And, you know, if, if the wheelie control grabbed it you know, stuff like that. So then I can kind of make an adjustment from there. Yeah. You, you, there's a certain order of operations you have to make adjustments on. And again, that's the thing that a lot of, you know, the fans that just watch that aren't, you know, total geeks about stat geeks that don't understand is that there's, there, there's a certain thing you got to, you know, you just don't make adjustments. You have to see, well, what, you know, what was a track like? What was the weather like? What did the car do? You know, you look at everything. You're like, all right, this is what I need to do. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Yes, there is. It's, it's come along, man. I tell you, it's it, that aspect of it is just really, like I said, man, it, it's a, uh, it's a lot, man. It's a lot to, to, to dissect it all and to make, you know, try and make good decisions. It's a long way from uh, just reading the plugs after each run, right? Then, you know, just kind of doing the old, uh, what's the air doing? Let, let's put some jets in it kind of deal, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, the fuel injection is really, I, I, you know, that has helped. That has helped a lot. That has really helped a lot. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I definitely wanted to kind of touch on there because, you know, you've been a, a carb nitrous small block guy forever. Then you came out with the EFI. What what spurred you on to go, hey, let's let's put the uh, digital pills in this thing? Oh. <laughs> well, you know, Holly's been kind of they've been they've been in my ear for quite a few actually it goes back to the ricky best time when ricky you know late ricky best was uh working there and i've known ricky for, for a very long time and he would always kind of come over and like edge me on and stuff like that and then um then ryan witty took over and he'd stop over in georgia and see me and talk to me and i was just man and i can't make it can't make the jump yet and a uh, customer and friend mike thompson uh, i did a car for him and he's running it and man, I, I just kept thinking about it and I talked to Bischoff about it and we, we're building a whole new motor. And I said, well, man, if we're going to build a whole new engine this year, I, I really need to make the plunge this way. When we do the intake, everything will be done. And, and I, I asked Mike Thompson if he'd be interested in helping me get going with it. And of course he was all on board with it. So I, it was just one of them times where I said, you know, it, it is the future and I, I got to make the change eventually. So why not make the change now? And, you know, we came out, you know, I, I was in May or April, May-ish, whatever, you know, with the COVID thing. So we were just trying to sneak out testing and stuff like that. And, man, once I made my first couple passes with that thing, it definitely drives it. You got to drive it a little bit different, like the burnout stuff. Like, that took me a little while to get used to all that. But, um, you know, so Mike came with me and was just, you know, showing me how, you know, just kind of showing me how everything works and all. And I was like, man, are you serious? Like, this is all we really – got to do and he's like yeah i'm like oh my god i'm like this is almost too easy you know so so kind of you know i go out on my own and you know i hit mike up and you know mike's always there to help me but i you know at the same time i gotta be able to do it myself but um but mike thompson has been a huge asset to the whole holly side of the the, the program and um helped me get acclimated to it and i'll never own another carburetor to rest rest until until I die, um, never happen. Um, so now, but I, you know, with the, with the Holly, it just it made things a lot easier. And we kept the, the AMS two thousand for the nitrous controller. I like the nitrous, and it talks to the Holly great. So uh, that transition was, was pretty easy there. I already knew how to work that, and uh, it just works great. It's a great system. You know what's funny is I, one of a uh, guy that helps tune my car always said that. Uh, Guys that are really good carb tuners actually make good EFI tuners as well because they already pretty much understand everything, but they're exposed to a new world of adjustments. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, I, I think, I think, I, I mean, I agree. I think guys used to work with a carburetor. It is just so much easier 
doing it with the, the fuel injection, you just it's a stroke of the key. And um, so I think a, a good carb guy makes a great EFI guy. It just makes the transition really easier because you're going, man, it's just that simple. What's been the kind of for you? What's been the 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 best part of this adjustment as far as what you can play with and mess with with you know running with EFI? The the biggest thing is that I have this motor is so happy now. Every I can adjust every single cylinder, every RPM, every increment of the run. Um, and when you can do that, uh, you know, for a nitrous guy, oh my God, it's just it's huge. Like before, I'd have staggered jets on every hole, damn near. Now I run the same jet in every single hole, and we can just adjust everything else. You know, the, the fuel in each hole, and it, it just, you know, you look at the old pictures of the uh, old videos with the carburetor on it. You know, you let go to trans brake button, that thing would be, you know, flickering around and take a little while before they get all straight. And then, you know, pipes look good. Shit, now that fuel injection, you let go to trans brake button. Boom, pipes are instant. And I mean, it's, you can see the difference right there. And it's, it's like I said, it's just a happier, makes it a happier engine. So I, I found myself in the beginning, you know, getting all the cylinders balanced. And once you do that, it really, all you're really doing for the rest of the season is just keeping the fuel curve in check uh, with the weather changes. Which, you know, a happy nitrous engine is one that isn't getting fresh racks put in it, right? You got that right, man. I, I can proudly say, proudly say that this year I had to motor park two times, and both times I had to put rings in. The, I, hurt, I hurt the rings in two different holes two different times. And it wasn't, I didn't hurt the pistons, but I just took the heat. And the heat took the tension out of the rings, so I lost, you know, ring tension. So it was just a matter of pulling the piston out, put another set of rings on it, putting it back in. And man, that's that's probably been that this has been my best year as far as carnage goes. <laughs> Next year may be totally different. I don't know. But but this year's been good. Yeah, you you don't know what to do with and this I free to, time. Yeah, that's what Bischoff say. But uh I have I have I have to give credit to the fuel injection on that. I, I really do. I mean, to lean on it as, as hard as we have to lean on it, I mean it's just uh, I have to give credit to the fuel injection, and the, the new the new engine design is definitely better too. So, um, you know, I, I but my old motor, you know, my motor prior, you know, you, you ha I had to lean on them so hard, um, and you're always sacrificing somewhere in that tune-up to go fast with a carburetor. And there's nothing against carburetors. I got, I mean, I ran them forever. I got nothing against them. But if, if you want, you know, the latest and greatest, the fuel injection is the way to go, hands down. That you have the most adjustability and tunability. You, you can't, you never ever be able to do that with a carburetor. Oh, if you want to see people that are hustling hard, all you got to do is go to to the nitrous side of the pits. And I have seen, I've walked up to teams that have had engines torn down to a bare block, sitting outside, just hanging out, and they're just smiling and having fun. I'm like, this, this doesn't look like a good time. Oh, this is just between round maintenance. I'm like. Dude, your your engine is down to its barest forms. If this is routine, I'm a I'm just gonna head on out. Let you guys do your thing. It makes for great memories. I'll say that. It's like, it doesn't really bother me that much. But after having a season like I had, it's like man, this is kind of a nice change. Oh, for, for sure. And you know, you, you mentioned you you. Uh, there's a lot we can cover with the, the engine side of things, but you know when when you decide to build a new engine, design a new engine with someone like Bischoff, what goes into that? Because this isn't you know your typical uh, quarter three quarter race cam double hump you know truck engine. There's a lot that goes into this. Yeah, well, it got to the point where you know I was running, I was you know pretty well known for the 23 degree head stuff, and that was like the you know that was my niche, and I went fast with it, but it got to the point where I couldn't get the minimum weight for the weight uh, break for those heads. So I called Bischoff up and I said, look, we got to do something. Uh, you know, this is, I, I can run comfortably at 2,400. And so we went to a non-stock valve angle head and it was a sort of like one of the deals where I had the opportunity to get rid of the motor that was in the car for a very, you know, very good price. And it made it, made that jump to the next level a little bit easier so I told Bischoff, I said, what's it going to take? 
I want to run up front. I I don't, you know, I'll never be the number one guy, but I want to be, I mean, I've always been like right there. The guy I've always been the guy that's like, man, you screw up. I'm right there. You know, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good racer. I know I don't never have a number one car, but I'm a good racer. But I said, look, man, I, I want something that's that will run up front and, you know, let, let's do whatever it takes. And, uh, and that's kind of where we, we, where we ended up. And I leave it up to Tony. Tony reads the rules and he, I, I, I trust Tony, you know, a hundred percent. We've, we've been together for a very long time and Tony never lets me down. Um, you know, so we, we put this thing together. We, we dynoed it out there on his dyno and I wore a path out on his concrete pacing back and forth. <laughs> so, um, He's just, man, he always delivers. He never lets me down. Never lets me down. And it's interesting because for so long, you see X275 is like, the the technical level of it is it's like pro stock with power adders. It is so technical what goes into running these cars this way. And there's a lot of people that like to pontificate about what the rules mean, what they are, you know, this power adder, this, this power adder. At When you laid down... You know, a 420, there's a lot of people that just kind of like sat back and went, okay, well, this is going to change things just a bit. Yeah, I think so. I think it, I think it changed things. I was, uh, I, I kind of knew it was in there, uh, but I had yet to be able to put the whole path together. I struggled early getting that car to run early, just the way the motor was and all, just the way it was designed was. Uh, and I don't make, I probably, I don't make big steps when tuning my car, I, I kind of make small steps and there, I just took, took me a little longer than it should have, but that's just how I am, I guess. So we, when we put that 21 down, I was pretty proud. I was very proud of that. And it, it was pretty neat to see that the boost guys were like, you know, the boost guys were, you know, they were very nice and you know complimentary to me, but it felt good to maybe put a little bit of pressure on them guys. Knowing they'd been a 17 and they got their hand slapped some, you know, from that uh, shakedown race. And, uh, so it kind of felt good to at least be able to run up front with them guys and let them know that, you know, I'm here, man, I'm here. And we, you know, we continued to uh, stay number one, which I, I just really couldn't wrap my head around that. I, the, the race against the caliber of cars I got a race against, I, I was really proud of that. And we made it to the finals against, you know, one of the best teams there. And uh, we came up short. We kind of developed a gremlin with the car during eliminations. And we, we got lucky a couple of rounds for sure and got to the finals and uh, developed a gremlin that we haven't quite figured out yet, honestly. But um, I, I'm pretty confident we got it. And, you know, that's just another story. So we'll be good. But, uh, yeah, you know, as far as the rules go and all that, man, I, I stay as far away from that as possible. I John Sears has a shitty job. And uh, I, I kind of got to put my faith in the guy and let him do what he thinks is right. And if I don't agree with it, I – keep my mouth shut and move, keep moving or I, or I don't race. It's one of, one of the two. So uh, there's times where I don't agree with several things, but uh, you know what? I, I just, I just continue to race and that, that's just the way it is. Um, you, like I said, you kind of got to have your faith in the guy and let him do what he thinks right. And uh, I won't sit here. I'm not gonna sit here and argue with people over it. I can tell you that. Uh, and that, and then um, the, uh, I forget I was going to say something else, but I forget what it was. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. Like I said, it, it was interesting to see the board get a lot up that way because the first thing that popped in my mind was like, just wow, that right there, just talk about leveling the playing field to a point where you have a combo that a lot of people said, oh, it's, you know, it's only going to be tapped out, this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden it's right there in the mix and, you know, in a tune-up, in, in knowing how you tune, you know, those on the inside know that, you put stuff in there that's going to get down the track that it's going to work. And it's they should be kind of worried that this is a, a car now that could run consistent numbers like this in all kinds of weather. That's what makes it interesting for me in X275 right now. Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime nitrous car can run with the boost cars, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I'm like, dude, I'm, I am set. I'm trying to, I really want to keep nitrous you know up front as, as hard as i can i'm willing to do what it takes and uh it, it's challenging sometimes 
you know, you'll have your highs and lows, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to continue to, to, to keep leaning on it and, and trying shit, man. We're not, we're not settling down. I can tell you that right now. We're coming out next year swinging, swinging as hard as I can. And, and like you said, you know, you're, you're looking for those, those nine, nine Oh 60 foot. And that's going to, again, being able to get to that next step is again, it's all about, you know, you did this, you got the data for it. Well, how can we, can we tweak this and play with this? Is that something where you go to like your converter companies and your other people be like, this is the data we have. What do you think we need to do? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, yes and no, but a lot of it's really just in putting the right tune up together. You know, those nine something 60 foots, they're going to come. But the problem is, I, I, I can't be, I don't want to race a car that's totally 60 foot dependent because you, you know, come the, you know, summertime and when it's hot out, man, you can't run them 60 foots. And, uh, so they're far and few between, you know, like in Georgia. Yeah. You can use it. Once that sun goes down, you can pretty much throw, throw what you want at it. Um, so, you know, with that said, I, I'm, you know, I, I still, I, got to be able to run the nitrous car harder earlier than the boost guys the when the boost guys figured out how to run them early it just kind of it, it messed up the nitrous guys a little bit so so that means you know if they can go 102 we need to go nine something 60 foot we got to figure out how to do that but no matter what the combo is and when you try to go sub one second 60 foot it, it's it's always going to be on the edge so oh that's violent that is very violent especially on a 275 tire yeah which, you know, you said something there, you know, based on the weather conditions, what it gets, again, I think is interesting is that you can't judge an entire rule set by outlier weather conditions because, like you said, you're, these cars are going to have to run when it's hot, no matter yeah. what. So mm -hmm. it, it's important to have a car that can do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody wants to bust, bust my balls about, um, you know, in the summertime, I'll, you know, nitrous cars got the advantage. Well, you're right. They do. Um that's just the way it is. Just like when you go to shakedown and it's, you know, zero feet or negative, it was negative 300 feet or some crazy stuff like that. Well, I went to shakedown knowing full well that it's not my weather. It's going to be the boost guy's weather. And that's fine. I accept that. I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to sit here and whine and cry. Oh, we, they need weight in the, in the good air. And then the, then the nitrous cars need weight in the summer and all that crap, man. I, I hear so many crazy you know, stuff that people want to do. But you know what? You pick a combo, and you run it. You know, you, the boost cars get the spring and the fall, and I get the summer. And um, you know, every I, I you know, every year I've said this for a long time, and people don't want to hear it, but or don't necessarily want to agree with it. But every year, there's a combo that's just a little bit better than the rest. It's impossible to make it equal every single year throughout the whole year. Every year, somebody kind of finds a, 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 a an area that, you know, is more beneficial over the rest of the combos, and they pick that and they run it. And you know what? I don't knock them one bit. You know what? They found it. They're running it. They spent the money and, and invested the time to do it. It's, it's hard to knock them for doing that. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, every year, everybody seems – there's always a different combo that seems to rule the world. Um, and I – you know, so I, I stick with my combo. I've refined it over many, many years, and uh, I've made some laps in that car. So it's like I kind of, you know, it, it, that sometimes that's hard to beat too. Oh yeah, yeah. Knowing knowing the car and knowing how to set it up for sure. And you know, you you mentioned the combos and, and the rules. You know, you get someone like the Bruder Brothers who's you know the roots blower. As soon as I saw them with a roots blower on that car, I'm like, oh, this is gonna end. This is gonna end badly. This is gonna end real badly. No, and I made the comment, and yeah, you know, I said, look, if it's legal, if it's a, if it's a, what it's supposed to be, I, I can't knock them. I, if they they decide to do it, it's fast. Hey, good for them. Yeah. You know, I can't knock them for that. As long as it's legal, I, I can't knock them for that. That's like that goes along with anything. I'm gonna come out with a different turbo, a different weight, and it's fast. Well, you, if it's legal, then so be it. I I can't knock them for doing that. Good for them. Oh, totally. Yeah, they, they figure out those loopholes, and I'm still saying that their ultimate goal is that when you see them roll out with the nitrous car, that's the end game for them. They've been pushing right. those rules to get that right. combo to the point they're going to build a nitrous car. Right, right. 
And, and yeah, then, I don't. I don't think they're that crazy yet. <laughs> I, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, there, there's there's going to be a tipping point where they're going to do it, and then you're just yeah. the level of tears you're going to see out of people is going to be amazing. Yeah. And again, it, it comes down to that they they figured this stuff out. I think again, it comes down for the you know with someone like them, and even, even with someone like you, they race. They just shut up. They race. You know, they might get a, they get a little bit more vocal about the rules than other people, but they're like. They grumble about it, but they're like, all right, fine, it is what it is. Let's go figure this out. And they just make laps on cars and mess with stuff to try to figure it out. Yep. Yep. And and that plays a big role with that. Now, you know, with all the insanity that's happened this year and, you know, with COVID changing things and whatnot and, you know, making that its own interesting little kind of like caveat with how people have tested and everything – yeah, you know, what do you think that's going to do for next year for for heads up racing? You know, in X two seventy five, do you think that's really it's it's going to change things a lot? Uh, well, not after November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, nah, the uh, I think I'm, I'm I guess I'm just being hopeful to think that next year maybe we'll just be it, it can't be. I would like to hope it's not as bad as twenty twenty was. I'm like thinking that maybe things will be better um, to where, you know, I, you know, you, can, you hate to use the word normal because what is normal anymore? Uh, but hopefully, you know, next year we can kind of just get back to what some kind of normal schedule of racing. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to say on that. It's I'm, I'm just hopeful. That's all. Well, do, do you think that teams are going to be, you know, hitting things extra hard next year? You know, do you think that it's going to, you know, with the development of some of the, the things we've seen this year, do you think it's really going to kind of like springboard next year even bigger with, you know, what teams have learned? As far as X275 performance you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, it just has its normal. I think it'll be on its normal progression. Uh, the guys that are at the top, um, you know, they're always going to be at the top and they're always going to be uh, moving forward. And, yeah, I'm always kind of like in the – me personally, I'm always in the top, yeah, five, top ten car, and that's kind of where I've always been, and and that, that's in the world, you know what I mean? And that, that's fine. I'm okay as long as I'm kind of in the top ten. I'm a threat, and so I think all those teams are, they're just going to keep pushing forward. They're going to keep finding stuff, and you know, I'm I think next year you're going to see more, more teams for sure. Um, I plan on you know I plan on getting into teams uh, next year for sure, and that would out, darn near. Other than big block nitrous, that would you know be a fair amount of different combos in the teens. So um, I think that's where it'll be. I don't think John's going to pull it back that much. I mean, I want to go faster. It's just that simple. So teens are fine with me. So. It, yeah, and, and again, it's interesting to see all the different kind of combinations that have been able to do it. You know, and you, know, you get someone like Rob Goss that people laughed at him for bringing a Gen Three Hemi in. And now all of a sudden he's got that big old boat, you know, it's rolling. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Now Rob's, Rob's program's come a long way and it just, that just shows you how hard it is. I mean, it's just, you, you know, he took something that wasn't fast and now it's fast. Now he gets weight. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Here's your lead trophy. Great, great job, Rob. <laughs> and you know, it, again, it, it comes down to people w with what it takes to figure this stuff out. You know, I, I helped out with the company car at the NMRA finals, and we uh, we had some problems shaking that car down. That we we broke a lot of stuff that you don't normally break, and it's you know, <laughs> you look at that and you're like, how, one, how do we do that? Two, how do we not do that again while trying yeah. to go faster? Ugh. It's terrible. The amount of, I mean, huh, it, what you put yourself through to go fast. I mean, people, people only remember you going fast. Everybody forgets all of the pistons you put in or, or the camshafts you, you've bought that didn't work or didn't do what you thought it was going to do. Or man, I, piston design, you change this, change that. Or, I mean, that goes with any combo. Everybody forgets about all of that. Everybody forgets about all the blocks Rob Goss broke. Yeah, blocks. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, and all, all the pistons I've been through. And, uh, you know, I mean, converters you've changed, transmissions you've tried. And just, you know, but you go fast and everybody wants to slap your hand. And, you know, it's like, 
why did I do all that again? <laughs> just to go fast. Yeah, just just to be congratulated with another lead bar to figure out where the hell am I going to put this in the car? Yeah, so it's a it's about the dumbest sport ever. I swear. Oh, I I tell people you gotta you gotta hate gotta hate money and spare time. Spare time, and you have to like to try to spend the least amount of time in your car as possible. Yeah, it's it's yep. it's, it's like what? Well, why do this makes no sense? But then you let go of the button. And then you're like, all right, this makes sense again. No doubt. Then, then you look at your pan vac, you're like, oh, this definitely doesn't make sense now. Uh, every, Kenny Rodriguez, Rodriguez was laughing. We were down at the end of the track at no mercy. And uh, I made the 21 pass. And yeah, I'm all happy. And then kind of like shutting the car down and all that, like cleaning everything up. And I reach in the car and crank the motor over just to crank it, just to hear what it sounds like. And Kenny starts laughing. He starts yelling down because he's a little bit up. He's like, I know exactly what you're doing. I said, yeah, only nitrous guys know what I'm doing. And I was just cranking it over to make sure it sounded like uh, all eight pistons were still in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't have that funny sound to it. You know, when one's, one's dead, it's got that funny sound to it. And I was like, oh, we're good. <laughs> it's got that funny sound or you hear new sounds. Yeah, yeah. So it cranked over, had all eight, all eight pistons still in it. I said, well, we're good. Now I can celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> now you can feel slightly better. Yeah. <laughs> If you ever, you know, nitrous carnage stories, what's one that you can tell us or you've kind of been not mad, but you're just, you're impressed. You're like, how did I do that? You know, what, what's something you've torn up where you're just like, wow, that's, that's kind of impressive. Oh my God. Oh man. Cause I, I don't know. I, I've seen guys, you know, send rocker arms off engines through valve covers, do all kinds of stuff. Has there just been something where you've torn something up? You're like, just in general where you're like, all right, well that, that, that sucks. Man, I, I mean, the only thing I ever, I don't know, broke a crank in half. Uh, but I mean, I've burned up so many pistons. Like they're all the same at this point. Um, do, do you have a box of burnt piston carnage that you keep as trophies and give away as, you know, as souvenirs? I used to, and I threw them all away because I was afraid it was bad luck in my garage. <laughs> I was like, man, maybe this is bad karma. I haven't broken engine pieces, burned up pistons laying next to my car. I'm like, I need to get rid of that thing. So I threw them all away. I had a pretty good box going. Oh, I've, I've, I've but been... I, I, I have some at the track. Like, there's usually some in the trailer and stuff I give the, you know, the kids. The kids are the best, man. When the kids come over, I love that stuff. Because, I mean, here's a kid that just, you know, he likes your car. He just thinks it's cool. And uh, he don't know, you know. So, I love that stuff. That's like, that is like probably the best part about drag racing is the fans, man. It's it's incredible. People bring stuff over to have me autograph or take want to take pictures with me in the car and stuff like that. Or the kids want to sit in the car. It's like, man, I'm just some dude from Delaware likes drag racing. And, you you know, you guys are coming over. And it, that that part's awesome. How awesome is it when a kid asks you to sit in a car and they're all timid about it? Then you tell them it's cool and they just they lose their shit. How awesome is that? It's the best. I mean, it, it really is. It makes dude, you know, the worst day of racing and stuff like that just brings a smile to your face, man. It's it's cool. It's really cool. Oh, we we've told kids to get in, in race car. They're freaking out. Like, listen, you're not going to break this thing any worse than we've already tried. Yeah, no like, doubt. Like, as long as you like, don't rip any wires out. You know, pretend. Yeah, exactly. Have fun. Pretend you're driving a race car, and that's yeah. that's what helps build the sport and creates more addicts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, X is good, man. X is good. I, I that I think it is the longest running heads up class. I mean, you know, other than like pro stock and top fuel and stuff like that, maybe you know pro mod, but. I mean, as far as a radio class goes, it's got to be the longest running radio class in history. Oh, it's ancient. It's one of the only classes that hasn't been completely blown up and redone. And that's what I, so many people do not realize. X275 started out as a small block nitrous class. A lot of people don't know that. That's all it was. It started at MIR. Yeah. Yeah. John started it, you know, a certain way. And, you know, it's kind of like. You know, I th I think that's you know a lot of people don't realize John Sears is only like twenty nine years old, but you know, yeah. <laughs> trying trying yeah. to deal with all this, you know, it's it's aged him quickly. That that's a joke. Yeah. You know, seriously, he yeah, yeah. it's rough. Yeah, now I've always said there should be some kind of committee, but that's kind of I mean, you know, it's hard to find that many biased people too. Oh, totally. But I'm sure he reaches out to people that you know, nobody knows about. You know what I mean? Which is 
you know, probably a good thing. But uh, there's still a lot. It's still a lot on his plate. I commend him for what he's done. Oh, and it's, you know, you look at what's gone on with radio versus the world, and it's so hard to keep a heads-up class in check because racers, again, are dumb animals that will do whatever it takes to go fast, even if it's detrimental to everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're only concerned about their own benefits. And, you know, to me, radio versus the world is a modern-day, like, it, it's it's a way for people nowadays to experience what the early days of, like, nitro racing were and the innovation and everything else. But it's being changed because of technology and the amount of money and the combination of two has accelerated that class to levels that I don't think anybody thought would ever be possible. Yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> if you would have said a radio car is going to go 350s, yeah, I, I still look back. I remember Bad Niner in the Camaro. Yeah. Standing right behind it when he went a four, it was like a 424 or 426 or something like that. And we were just like, holy shit. Like, I was just like, where does it end? I mean, 420s. It was just so stupid. And now you look at it, that's what X is. It's like, holy crap. Where does it end? Where does it end? I don't know. You know, with what happened at the shakedown, and I posted this on Facebook, that at one point, you had X275 cars that would have qualified in the top half of the field in limited drag radial and Pro 275 at that event. That's ban- that is bananas. That is crazy. <laughs> I, never even, I never even looked at that. I never even thought about that. Think about that. With those teams' runs, you had 275 tire cars that would have been able to mix it up in LDR. And do well. That's the thing is that, you know, that are consistent teens. They were running consistent teens. That's yeah. insane. That, that is crazy. But like you said, with, with with the development, everything that's happened in radio versus the world. And, you know, I remember a year ago we were talking about, oh, wow, people are running 50s. You know, that's crazy. You know, there's no way that they're going to, you know, do you think they'll ever go 40s? Oh, maybe. I don't know. It'd be really hard. And here we are a year later, and it damn near happened. It still might happen this year in Orlando. Three five zero, so close. And on a radial tire, nonetheless, it's to me that's that that is so amazing that we've been able to push these cars to that level. That you're you're at the point now, like what are the you know what is the limit? What do you think the limit is? Dude, I don't know. God, it'll just make a liar out of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever you say, well, just, I mean, really, I mean, what is the limit of the, I, you'd have to say, I mean, God, I can't see them going any faster than, you know, sub three forties. I mean, uh, that's, what is the limit? I mean, I, yeah. What, what technology breakthrough is going to happen where that I mean, would like happen? You start, I mean, cause you start sitting here thinking going, all right, I only got X cars going teens is a three ninety nine, you know, not that far out of the question in four years. I mean, <laughs> John, who knows john who sears knows? would quit john sears would just he would walk away he'd be like i can't do this anymore at that point but maybe it'll be maybe it'll be a small block nitrous i don't know yeah, you know <laughs> hint, hint, wink wink right uh, that to, okay. to, it, it, it's funny like you say i don't make a liar out of myself but it's kind of like you know, you got to be careful because you literally don't know what someone's going to figure out that might push it that far, what development might happen. Yeah, I, I was like, oh God, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, I went 498 on my car. I, I made more 5.0 passes than anybody else in history, I'm sure. And I finally went a 498, and I was just like, holy crap, man. Like, this is it. It won't get any better than this. And here we are going 420s. It's like, jeez. Yeah, you look back at that, you know, you remember back in the day that, like, you know, 460s, you know, that was huge in X. That was like yeah. you were you were the on the edge. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like 460s would get you bounced in the first round of the second chance race at the Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. He'd qualify modestly in Ultra Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Modestly in Ultra Street. Yeah, exactly. That's That's kind of terrifying, too. Yeah. You know, it it's funny just to watch like these racers' mentalities of how they attack. Like they'll look at a rule book, 
cut it up, dissect it, find out where where that break is, and then they will do everything that they can to maximize every inch of that car. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of what you got to do, right? You know, it, it's like the the crate racing stuff that they do in the NMC and the NMRA. Those oh, cars, cool. those guys, man, they. They, they do a lot of crazy. Yeah, like <laughs> you talk to those guys, and they're like, "Yeah, I drilled out every rivet, everything I could. It's titanium hardware. You breathe on the car, it rolls ten yards, and it's all to go low tens. That's nuts." Yep. Yep. And it's it's awesome to watch. Now, you know, with with th- this coming year. What is your, you know, are are you really trying to to bounce that, you know, bounce that big team up on the board? You know, what are your big goals? Absolutely, my goal. I'm planning on I plan on going teens, and you know, run that thing as hard as I can, go as fast as I can without destroying the engine. Uh, I, I, you know, I want to run with these guys and let them know I'm not going anywhere. Making small block nitrous great again. Oh, that's, you know, again, it's that kind of attitude that's awesome. That makes yeah. me pumped up. Like, yeah. I want to watch I mean, it. I, like, what's this guy going to do? Yeah, I'm not, I don't really say much about stuff like this, but, you know, I just, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just that confident that I, you know, I want to come out and just, I want to pick up right where I left off. And, uh, you know, and you look at my son's car, he, you know, Chris, he holds the record in the Ultra Street now. Yeah. So, I, you know, we've really made some, you know, this was a good year for both of us, and we would just plan on picking up right where we left off. Do, do you think it's, you know, you know that the attitude and being highly competitive that is what really helps drive you to do these things? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, so many people leave a race. I'll go get my teeth kicked in. I'll be like, God dang, man. Like, I'll leave Shakedown going, man, I know it was good air, but damn, what's it going to – driving home, all I'm thinking about is what's it going to take to get my car in the teens not john sears what are you going to do about this this is bullshit what are you going to do for me it's like what am i going to do exactly exactly you know i can i can hang my hat on saying that that i've never called john and ever bitched or complained about anybody's shit um but i go home thinking about what do i need to do to make my program better what's left what can i change what can i do that's when i start reaching out to people you know what i mean uh yeah I wear I wear Dean Marinas out, you know, hitting him up. You know, Dean's old. We've been friends for a long time, and yeah, Dean. I look at. I I don't look at X two seventy five. What do I need to do next? I look at what's Pro Nitrous doing. You know, what are those guys doing? Is that that whatever they're doing? That's what I got to do. You know, within you know within reason. You know, but that that's what the top tier Nitrous cars are. Um, so I look at that, and you know, Dean and I are always talking about different things, and you know. I'm always hitting him up on stuff like that. Speaking of pro nitrous, we'll, we'll take a little bit of a, a, a sidetrack here. You talk about an abs like that's X two seventy five on big tires. That is brutal. Those guys are fast and consistent, and if you are not on your game, you're going home very early. Oh, well, no doubt. I mean, that to me, watching that in the PDRA is just. It's crazy to see how much stride that they've made in that, and with you know on the NHRA side of things, on just how quick these cars are. And you get someone like Jay Halsey that's just that that thing's that car's nasty. Yeah, they have an awesome program, and right there is a perfect example of you know it. It takes more than one person, and a lot of people don't you know understand that. It you're only as good as what you surround yourself with, and you know Halsey's got you know great group of people, and it works. And just like me, I got Benny Bischoff, I got Mike Thompson, Dean Marinas. I mean, those are my, those are my key. That's my key group of guys that I lean on. You know, what are we going to do to make this car successful? And man, when you have those kind of people, and then you got good crew. I mean, crew, man, people underestimate crew. You got to have a good crew. And when you can combine all that together, man, it it it, it sure makes it a lot easier. I can tell you that much. Oh, you know that again. I think on the crew side of things, it, peep, yeah, it it makes your it makes the driver's life easier. That the only thing that they should uh, worry about is driving and going faster. They should not have to worry about did my knucklehead crew guy put the valve stems back on? You know, valve stem yeah. back, caps back oh, on. Dude, you can ask anybody's crew for me, man. I always would always double check their shit because I'm like, and they're like, I'm not. It's not that I don't trust you. It just puts my mind at ease. But I've gotten to the point now 
where, you know, I, I have Kimmy with me at like 99% of the races. And I know I don't even have to, I don't even have to question it. I don't have to look at it. I can go look at the data and do what I need to do. So that, I mean, it, it, it makes a bigger difference than I think even the crew people realize because there's, there's a, there's a lot that goes on between rounds and before you get to a race, before you even leave, there's, there's so much that goes into it. It's uh, and it's the fast I've learned, the faster we're going, uh, the more it takes, the more, the more, the more it takes as far as you, you just, it, it's, it's a lot for one person that, maintain the car get the car in the trailer get the car to the track tune the car drive the car come back make decisions on the car it's uh it, it can wear you out man it can worry people think it's a goddamn vacation where they're wrong oh no <laughs> it's uh it's uh it, it's a lot man so it's like i said when you can have a good group of people in your corner it sure makes life a lot easier because i mean there's times where i'll have i want to make a decision on something and i'll be like oh man you know do this or that well, I'll reach out to one of my three guys and uh, say, hey, man, that's what I'm thinking about doing. And 99% of the time they go, yeah, Ron, I, that, that's what I would do. I'm like, oh, okay, I just need validation from one of you guys. <laughs> or or it'll hit me from left field and go, oh, I wouldn't do that. You just And just say why and be like, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Thanks, you know. So, but yeah. If you could race any other class besides X275, what what would you run? You know, what would be your your if you had a blank lottery check money, what would you go? All right, I'm going to build this and go race this now. Man, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go that. Like I, I say it to Dean all the time, Dean goes like 250. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm, not, I'm like, I don't know. I want to go that fast. Um, I don't. I you know, honestly, I I think I'm happy right where I'm at. I'm I'm. I'm semi i mean i'm like i'm comfortable with how fast i'm going i mean it's a, it's it's fast enough it's like you know you're it's fast i uh i you know like my i i want to maybe may not not answer your question totally but like i want to run my car a quarter mile to go i want a six second time slip and um but at the same time i'm going man i don't know if i want to run that car that fast like i mean that's you know you're approaching 200 mile an hour and that's uh i, I don't think i'd ever want to go any faster than 200 mile an hour on a, on a regular basis, you know what I mean? Like once or twice a year, that'd be cool. But, uh, I mean, I like the pro 275. Um, but it's like, I, I think I'd be comfortable going three eighties, three nineties, stuff like that. But them cars are just getting ridiculous already. So I, I could, you know, I, I guess I could see myself running pro 275. And I guess once you go three eighty, three ninety, three seventy is no big deal, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like an X, you know, it just keeps progressing and you get used to it. A man once told me that, he didn't feel a lot of difference in how quick the car was going per se, but he said trying to slow down changes things and changes your perspective in a hurry when you're running out of real estate a whole lot faster. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to run quarter mile. Even at the, even at the speed of my car would go, you know, high sixes, I, I don't think I'd want to run that on a regular basis. Uh, I really don't. Especially I, on a small tire. I just, you know, a lot can happen, man. A lot can happen. I mean, these cars are safe and all, but Man, I'd be upset if I wrecked my car. Oh, it, you know, <laughs> For, as long as I've had it, I'd be a little upset. David Atkins told me when he set the LS small tire record, he said a lot. This car starts to make a lot of weird noises past that eighth mile. You're not used to, and you're when you run a lot of eighth mile, you almost want it to like. You're not cool running quarter mile because you're like, man, this this is getting kind of weird. I don't know if I like this. Yeah, well, I, I ran my car a couple years uh, quarter mile. And I went seven oh eight at one hundred ninety. And I was like, I was like, how much? It's not that big a deal. You're eighth mile. You're already going 160. So to get to the quarter mile, it's not that much longer. Shit. I hit eighth mile, man. I'm scared. I'm staring at that quarter mile cone going, holy shit, that seems so far away. Yeah. And then that thing's like 9,200, 9,300 RPM going through the lights. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I pull the chute. I'm like, holy shit. Stopping's just as much fun as, as going. I mean, like you're, like, you're shutting that thing down. I'm like, Shit, I'm only going 190. I'm like, what do these guys feel like when they're going to over 200? I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, that is it. What I had, I had more fun stopping the car than I did racing, you know, going down the track, because it was like that thing can yank you up and like the ends coming quick. I'm like, man, that's kind of fun. Oh, it's watching a pro mod, quarter mile pro mod car try to stop. Oh, that's dude. nuts. Dude, when Dean does it, I'm like, dude, you're crazy. You're crazy. Oh. oh. My my mom and dad were down. We were watching the the PDRA race, and she said, "Oh, that you know that run looked really good." I'm like, "That was slow." 
well, why was yeah. it slow? I'm like, because it was going straight and it didn't look like it was trying to kill the driver. I'm like, if a pro mod looks like it's under control, it's not going fast. Right. <laughs> like those cars are something that you absolutely, even in their more tamed down state that they're, they are in these days, you still have to be up on the wheel because at any one point that car could decide it wants to go left or right. Oh my God. Yeah. And then think back, man, those guys used to drove those things with clutches and ripping gears. That's, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. They weren't going they weren't going three sixties out. <laughs> no, but but even then it's like watching, you know, even old Formula One videos where they're still like hand shifting the cars. It's, yeah. There there's a lot going on in there that you gotta be cognizant of while you're trying to keep while you're trying to go fast. Yep. And then you get the nut jobs that want to do anything with nitro, which more power to them. That's amazing. But I really just, I don't know if I could do it. I really don't know. So what's impressive is the Nitro Harley guys. Those that, guys are crazy. That happened. <laughs> Everybody on every show mentions that because it's, it's true. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's, he's all, and they're all like old guys that have got a beer belly on them. It seems like, and I'm like, you guys are crazy. I'm like, I'm like, you guys are only crazy ones that ride these things. I'm like, it's funny, man. You see, I guess I got to have that extra weight to balance that thing, man. It, the smoke comes off the front tire when they land. I'm like, you guys, it's fun to watch, man. Yeah, it's fun to watch. It's it's one of those things like, yeah, that's that's really cool that you do that, but I will not do it because you're basically <laughs> racing. You're wrestling an alligator at 200 miles an hour. That's what you're doing. <laughs> and they're just like, they, they, their blood pressure doesn't seem like it goes above a resting heartbeat. They're like, yeah, it's what, what we do. I'm like... Y'all are nuts. That's yeah. Not, that, that's a lot of nope. Yeah. It's it's like that dude that had that two hundred plus mile an hour Civic. The, the he just wrecked the car a lot. His name escapes me. Was it Kent? Maybe that car was nuts. A, a Civic hatch, a hatchback Civic was never designed to go two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. Pit, let alone a stock wheelbase one. And you're right. just hustling that car down there. I'm like, no, that's that 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 defies the laws of nature. <laughs> Well, Ron, we've reached the end of the show, and I like to give my guests their opportunity to do their best John Force impersonation and plug their sponsors and everything else and where to be found at. So uh, I'll turn the floor over to you so you can thank who you need to thank and let people know where they can find you at. Yeah, uh, you know, the, you know, first and foremost, I mean, you know, it's got to go start with, you know, from the front of the car to the back of the car. You know, Tony Bischoff for building me a hell of a piece, man. He's Never let me down, and uh, always gives me what I need to, you know, to compete. And then, yeah, we switched over to Holly, which was the best thing ever. Um, that's new this year, and looking forward to next year. And you know, Mike Thompson helped me get started on that. And then, um, you know, with with Dean Marinas always helping me, uh, you know, an ear to lean on, if you will, and you know, for advice, and you know, just helping make the car faster. And uh, Pro Torque, you know, we switched over to them. Uh, I guess it was two years ago. That was a, uh, that were, they they really picked up my program. And Rodney from RPM Trans gave me a, a killer trans, killer killer piece, man. I think just lives through everything. Um, and then you know Mickey Thompson, they've you know they've been supporting me for a couple of years now, and they've been awesome. Um, you know Ross Pistons, they've been I've been using Ross Pistons for like over twenty years. Um, and uh, Chris is awesome. And, uh, you know, we, when we switched over to Holly, we went to uh, race wires, Troy Baum, the race wires. I had him wa- rewire the whole car. That was uh, something that really needed to be done anyway. And then we switched. I wanted it to be professionally done, and he did a killer job on it. And we had um, Speed Tech do the uh, nitro system on it when we switched to the fuel injection this year. So they, they've been great to work with. And, um, you know, we have BP fuels that we've been with them for quite a long time. Aeromotive motion race, race works, Sebastian with the AMS 2000, uh, sand tufts and afterwork shocks, um, M&M shifters, um, Jason from the brake man. He was, you know, awesome with the new brakes and you know, Max fab on the bead locks and Calvert racing, man. They've, they had been with me. For a very long time, they were with me when nobody knew who I was, and uh, they've always been supportive. And uh, I'm very happy with them. And uh, you know, TRZ, 
again, another long-term company. I must be old with all these long-term uh, contacts or uh, sponsors. So I think that uh, I'm sure if I forgot somebody. Uh, but I think that's it. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, man. It was, it was fun, man. I had a good time. Oh, no, man. It's Again, you're just a racer's racer, and one of those people I've always kind of wanted to have on the show would bring back on the show in a heartbeat just to have fun. And we're going to be making some pay, some some changes to the Dragzine podcast soon that might allow that to happen and make things kind of fun and interesting as well. So we'll, I'll keep you in the loop on that. But, yeah, definitely appreciate you coming on the show and look forward to see you at the track next year, man. Yes, sir, Brian. Thank you very much. Well, that wraps up the show for this week. Thanks, for Ron, for stopping by. And as always, may your reaction times be crisp and your wind lights bright. Until next time, folks.